0: next chapter podcasts
1: this episode is brought to you by paramount plus an unlikely friendship begins in the paramount plus original movie little wing starring brooklyn prince with kelly Riley and brian cox reeling from her parents divorce caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home but instead forms a bond with the owner leading to a new outlook on life little wing Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13.
2: This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus.
0: 100. J.A.M. been walking us down through that 2012 edition So it ain't nothing to you Hundreds more to go and
1: in need of a friend The King of feast for Angelo Talking the 500
0: until the end Talking the 500 until the end With my man J.A.M. On the five hundred, talking the
3: five hundred until the
1: end.
3: The song is called me by Al Green from the record Call Me from nineteen seventy three. It's also number two ninety out of five hundred on the five hundred sup 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 uh thank you to everybody that has come to see me on the road i had a really great fan come out on uh saturday on when i was in tampa and you know i want to quit this all the time and it's just the i can't fuck. i wish i could remember his name i think kevin but man, just, Kevin just was like, please, I, we love it. You know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you can put it in my butt. I was like, your butt? And, I, and he was like, nah, well, I mean, you know, I'll just join Patreon. I go, all right, that's even better. But yeah, I see you out there. I hear you and I love you guys. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. So um, thank you for for supporting the show and thank you for coming out to, to see everything. It, it just means the world to me to see you guys here at the shows. Fleece Army is uh, in full effect. And I got so much stuff. This Sunday and Monday, I will be at the Comedy Store uh, in Los Angeles doing the jam on November 20th. Shimmy, shimmy, yah on the 21st. Then I'll be in Philadelphia the Wednesday before Thanksgiving at Helium with Big J. Oakerson. Uh Vegas, I'll be doing the Comedy Cellar November 28th through December 4th. And December 9th through the 10th, I'll be at the Comedy Connection in Rhode Island. And December 11th, we'll be in Vermont. I don't know the venue name. I got to find it, but I got to start promoting it. And then New Year's Eve, Plano, Texas, the 29th through the 31st. You can get tickets at joshadammeyers.com. Come out and support me and come out and just, just see the show, man. I bring a guitarist. It's uh, Let me get a little sip of coffee. Our sponsor's coffee is so good. Come to a show. It'll be worth it. It's music. It's comedy and it rules. Uh, join the Patreon. $5 or more a month. Patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. You get a bunch of stuff and you get to support the show and we appreciate it. Patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. Also, listen to my new podcast, Himbos with Justin Silver, where me and Justin talk about fitness, fashion, science, philosophy, grooming the theme song i wrote it rules and just just support 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 this show support himbos come to my shows support the washington wizards support the washington football team support our cbd company support our coffee co- it's just to support 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 be the jockstrap to josh adam Myers. all right al greenie One of the best soul singers of all time. Distinct voice, sexual, enticing, just a full man. Oh, am I turning you guys on? We know who is turned on by what I'm just saying. Our guest today, the one and only Lunel. You know her from Borat. You know her from Hacks. The last OG, Black Dynamite. She's one of the original bad girls of comedy. Uh she just wrapped up a nine-month arena tour with the King of Underground Comedy and any Emmy Award-winning comic Cat Williams for his World War III comedy tour. Uh she was with me at Netflix's a joke festival. And right now she has a residency at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club every Sunday night in Las Vegas. We're gonna be hanging out when we're there. Uh we've done shows together um, I think she's hilarious and this was a super fun episode Rate, review and most importantly subscribe to the 500 leave a five-star rating follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media where I post clips daily follow me at Josh Adam Myers if you're not following me I hate you email the podcast at 500 podcast at gmail.com this guy named Evan runs our Facebook group and for all things 500 go to our website the 500podcast.com Call me Al Green, number 290. Here we go. And my hair looks terrible. I was trying to get all primp and proper. We're talking Al Green. (laughs) I need to to get, I need to do something with my hair today. This is, I haven't showered. Well,
0: I I wasn't, I I told, well, Lisa was like, well, y'all be camera ready. I'm like, listen, I just got home last night. I'm leaving tomorrow and it's raining in LA and I This is the best I can do. You
3: look fantastic, but I've never seen you look anything other than fantastic. Thank you. Do you remember, like you, you still to this day had one of my favorite goddamn comedy jam performances I think we've ever had when we were at JFL that year. And we were doing six nights of it and you were on the Wednesday night, and, and Monday was packed, Tuesday was packed, but on Wednesday, we were up against, like, New Faces, and Chappelle was doing this thing, and that thing was going on, and we walked in, and I remember it was you, Joe Rosa, and I forget who the third was, but everybody was doing great songs, and then me and the band looked at each other, we looked at the size of the audience, and we were like, nah, man, we're giving them 200%. We're gonna work even harder tonight to entertain these Canadian motherfuckers, so... So we give everything. And then I mean there might didn't have been.
0: Didn't I do didn't I do uh, uh didn't I do um uh dead or alive No 100%. no
3: no oh no 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 you what would do
0: I do? everywhere I
3: go oh,
0: just yeah, the jiggle yeah, be that's, the... I go Dude, that's do you... my go
3: to when you go to Sweetheart, when you did the best part, I still it's like top five moments in goddamn comedy jam history when, when it's like building up and then it's doing the big breakdown at the end and you be like we drop out and we go, <laughs> uh, I think I have video of that. I'll post it this week. Um, do it. Do yeah, it.
1: Post I, that shit. Yes. I, mean, I,
3: I mean, don't you feel like you have so much shit in your phone pictures and videos just like for the last like 15 years that you never look at and you're like and you go back sometimes you're like, holy shit, I remember that.
0: First of all, I just went to the Apple store last week because I couldn't put another fucking picture in my phone. I had so much shit. <laughs> And I I have the maximum storage that you can have in the deck. They said I have room in my iCloud, but not on my. Anyway, it it got sort of fixed, but I've got you know. That's what I'm thinking. Like in your phone, it sort of chronicles your life. Oh yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah you know. Oh, a hundred percent. Just now, let's bring it to let's bring it to Al real quick because I'm very very curious about it because. Well, my dog is drinking the loudest amount of water I've ever... Lekka, seriously. What kind There's... of dog you got? Doberman Pinscher. Oh, I used to have a Doberman named Bullet. Hold on. you see her? Hold on. Come here a second, Lekka. See if Let I can me get the... see, baby. Let me see if you can get her down. Do you see her? Hi,
0: baby. Hi, honey. Wow. Oh, sweet
3: thing. Fucking love that dog. I did
0: the whole ears and tail thing. We did the whole thing.
3: I thought about that. I'm not going to lie to you. Like I got her with the intention to do that. And then the first night I had her, I I was like, at first I didn't even think I was going to be able to keep her because she was just, she was like, you put her in the crate and she was yapping and I was up all night and I had to fall asleep with my fingers in her crate. And then, and then what happened was she woke me up at like six in the morning whining and I take her outside and then she pees and poops immediately. She's 10 weeks old. And then I bring her inside and she lays on my chest and I was listening to, oh my God, I was I think I was listening to like, maybe not Al Green, but definitely like in the vein of this, like definitely like a soul singer, R&B, something from the 60s or the 70s. And she's laying on my chest, she starts licking my face. And then I was like, I will do everything in my power to make sure you have a great life.
0: Yeah, and, that, and then you don't want to cut her ears. Then you don't want to do it. Exactly. That's why we did it really, really early, but I get it about how you cannot not want to do it. I, I get that.
3: And and that's the thing too, Lunell, is that, because I did, I would have done it. I If they would have done it beforehand, it would have been like, great. But I. But after that first night, I was like, why would I put this dog through any kind of discomfort?
0: And I was just going to say, when you were like, she was whining. She was in the crate. I was like, why you didn't put it in the bed with you? <laughs>
3: because you can't. You can't. You can't sleep with a puppy in the bed because they'll pee in your bed. I've had that oh, happen yeah, before. The,
0: yeah, the puppy does pee in the bed. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, true. I, yeah. You're right.
3: You know who else peed in the bed? Al Green when he was three years old. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, probably, we all did. probably all were peeing in the
0: bed at three <laughs> years old probably
3: when when did you when did you first like when did when did Al Green come into your life like do you remember it yeah, okay, so my parents are older they were older yeah. older parents,
0: and all my seven brothers and sisters were wow. older I'm the eighth of eight kids Jesus and so al green james brown the staples singers um you know, Temptations, all that stuff was Isaac Hayes, anything from watch stacks that you would see. I grew up with in the house. You have to remember there was no internet. There was no cable. Yeah. There was only like five or six channels on TV and they went off at midnight. Hmm. So if you were going to have a card party or any kind of party, it was always about albums, records. And, if you have a family that really jams to music, there's always a collection.
1: Mm -hmm. So
0: Al Green, the first, uh, I I don't know if this is a Call Me album, but the first album I remember Al Green's was when he was in the white room in the wicker chair with the white on and it was all uh, nothing, no color except for the wicker chair and maybe a plant.
3: I'm still in love with you. Yeah, okay, I'm looking so, at. I'm looking at. It came out. This the album before this came out in '72.
0: <laughs> That's the first album I remember, Al Green, and so yeah, I was always, you know, because they would have at that time they would have lots of card parties, my people, you mm-hmm. know, um, uh, everything, poker, bridge, spades, bit with, and uh, food and liquor and music. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I grew up up with them, and a lot of people um played Love and Happiness mm-hmm. at their wedding and stuff like that, shit like oh, yeah. that. Yeah, that was that was the first song of the reception.
3: <laughs> yeah, that,
0: that was you, the kick it. And then you
3: know it's funny when I used to be I used to be a wedding DJ. When when if you're doing a wedding, I would also do You're My First, My Last, My Everything by Barry White. Yeah. Uh, I would get, I would be like, that would be like the one that, cause it builds up like, doom, 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 I'd be like, I Hi everybody. To, I
0: talked to Barry's widow today.
3: Did you really?
0: Yeah, I'm very good friends with the White family, his kids, his grandkids, his widow.
3: I, I, I do, you, are, do you know a lot of these like, like famous soul singers? Or is that, is it, is it pre fame or post fame or just um, how did that happened? I
0: know, I know some, you know, I know, Earth, Wind, and Fire very well, I them. Love it. I know, um, some guys in Frankie Beverly and Mays and I, uh, yeah, I, I, a few, you know, some of the uh, female singers, Barry's wife was in a group called Love Unlimited. And they sang Walking in the Rain with the One I Love and that's the only Grammy he ever won was for the girl group. Wow. And, you know, uh, uh, some um, some other chicks, uh, you know, Evelyn Champagne King, I know. And uh, yeah, I know a, f- a
3: few. Did people. that come? Did that, and that Did that come where you, did, I mean, well, first of all, because I, I want to take it back because to get to know you even more before we even get into all of that, because I feel like I'm running way ahead, because you grew up in a family of eight. Where were you born? Well, I was born in Arkansas, oh, but I was raised
0: back. in the Bay Area.
3: When did you move to the Bay Area? Like two months old. Oh, yeah. you—I mean, you, Arkansas, just—you got my, delivered and left.
0: Back <laughs> my shit and left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my diaper bag and left.
3: <laughs> You're like, fuck this place. Like, I need, I need a breeze. <laughs> it
0: was, it was way more complicated than that, unfortunately. Sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I was raised in a bay in the Bay Area, which had a huge, um, musical influence on my life, of course. Oh, yeah. You're talking, you know, Sly Stone is from mm-hmm. the Bay Area and we had Graham Central Station. We had Tony, Tony, Tony and in, in Vogue and the Edwin Hawkins singers and the Pointer singers and Tower of Power and, you know, all that from Oakland.
3: When did you when when was your your formidable years there? Like what, what decade would that be like when you were like in your teens and your 20s when you really getting to come into your own? Seventies. So in the seventies. So what is that like in the Bay area in the seventies? I mean, you mentioned some of those acts where a lot of them probably either starting or at the height of their career or hadn't even started yet. I mean, Tony, Tony, Tony and, and En Vogue. I mean, they were, they were like 80, late eighties, nineties.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, what we had. Uh, okay. So I w- was transplanted from Arkansas to Oakland, California, but in like the second grade, we moved from Oakland, which was a predominantly African American area yes. at that time, to a suburb of Oakland called Castro Valley, California, which was all white. Like maybe there were five, six
3: Black families, black families in Castro yeah.
0: Valley. So that's why I have quite a diaspora of musical content that I did grow up with. You know, as much as I can talk about. Um, as much as I can talk about Sly Stone and Tower of Power, I can talk about Journey and Huey Lewis and the News because they were there. And the Grateful Dead, too, would come every New Year. No, Huey Lewis would play the Oakland Coliseum every New Year's Eve. The Grateful Dead would play like once a year. The Deadheads were everywhere. everywhere.
3: Yeah, they're still there. They were
0: camped out. <laughs> they were tie eyed camped out you know this is before jerry garcia had ice cream and all that <laughs> stuff and um uh my musical influences were largely shaped by the music that i heard in the house
3: and that's when that's, you said your family was a very like you know album heavy you know and and, and the then part- we had
0: soul and then we had soul train too see
3: Oh, God damn. How important was, I mean, Soul Tra- I, I I feel like I caught like the tail, tail, tail end of it. Because I remember it being on when I was like a little, little kid. Um, God, what's the host name? What's what is that famous dude? Don
0: Cornelius.
3: Don Cornelius, yeah. Love, peace, and soul. Oh, I love that. And just like, and so what was that? You would just put on Soul Train and just see them. Was it just to feel like, oh, no, these are the people that fuck with the same shit I fuck with? Or it was a person as a black person in the 70s. Or is it like, oh, man, this is us doing shit, too. And we're partying. It was like-
0: an event because on Saturday mornings in most black and Latino households, it was cleanup time. We're cleaning up on Saturday morning and your mom or somebody would put on music. We're mopping floors. We're sweeping. We're changing sheets. We're dusting and all that stuff. And as we do that, we had our music. The goal was to get your chores done before 12 noon when Soul Train came on. So you could (laughs) sit and not be bothered and look at the new dances and the fashions and the air. And then you could see your favorite musical artist on television.
3: I mean, that must've been everything back then. I mean, I I remember being, uh, you know, like, you know, listening to like, the hair metal of the the eighties and then going to my cousin's house and he had MTV and and they had headbangers ball. And I was just like, it was just the metal music videos, but I was like, this is. Now mind
0: you, I remember the day that MTV started. Now let me ask you this. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so what I remember when MTV started, they had this thing where when they would get ready to go to commercial, there was like four girls. And black like unitard, and they would be booty to booty, and they would be doing like exercise. They would do like a little aerobics thing. Like everybody doesn't remember that, but there was these girls. Like MTV had girls that would like 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 do some like little aerobics stuff. It was <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. You would have to be there to see. And then of course that's where I got introduced to you know Duran Duran and mm-hmm. the Cars and Wham. And um <laughs> Yeah, you know a lot of BGs was 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 cracking because in the seventies I think is when uh, uh um you know, Saturday night fever came out. Mm-hmm. And so there was lots of BG influence. And um, you know, I can remember cause I always was enthralled with LA and I used to come to LA with any in, in the backseat of anybody's car that was coming. And I I can remember uh, like Motley Crue having flyers stapled to like telephone poles. Oh yeah. You know, stuff like that. You could go down by the Roxy and all that. And this was the big hair shit. Like I even know D Snyder is like a friend of mine. Right? He's the
3: best, he's the best. And
0: so, you know, I remember um, the the hair bands, you know, Poison and... uh, Cheap Trick didn't have a lot of hair, had a little hair, Hmm. and uh, Tom Petty and all that. And that was it, was the MTV thing that was really popping. That's what, like. That was
3: the goal. My first, that, that goal. my first memory of MTV. And I hate to say this was like when I found out, not found out about it, but when I finally got to watch it for the first time, because I think it was like on at my friend's houses, uh, you know, who had cable in their section of the, of the town I grew up in. Cause the, 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 uh, what do you call it? The, uh, the cul-de-sac, but the community, Germantown estates or the little, our little section of Germantown. We didn't get cable until like 1991, I think. Maybe I think I was, or 1990. But when my grandmother died you know, as, as a Jewish person, we go up there, we, for the funeral, but then we sit Shiva for a week where we just like, we sit around, we mourn people come by, but you can't watch television. You can't listen to music. You can't use like anything really like entertainment wise. You're just supposed to grieve. And yeah. Which is a great way to handle death. To be honest with you, you're like forced to tackle it. You're forced to cry and get it out and get it out. And and it, I mean, it was, I know it was very helpful for my dad. And when my dad died and we sat Shiva, it actually helped me very well. But the moral of that was when everybody would go to sleep, I would sneak down to my, to my grandmother's living room. Cause we were doing it at her house in, in Pennsylvania and MTV was on. And I remember uh, it was right around the MTV music awards. And it was the year that, that Janet Jackson did black cat. I don't know if you I remember everything. I remember her outfit. Of course I remember. Of course I do. I remember the dance moves. I remember the the, I think I'm pretty sure like Slash came out and played guitar on it. It was just Slash he-
0: also played on oh no. That was Eddie Van Halen that played on Beat It, right?
3: Eddie Van Halen played on Beat It, yeah. Slash did uh, I think Slash did black or white though. Oh yeah. yeah.
0: I just MJ- went to the Michael uh du Soleil show in Vegas just this last weekend.
3: Really, I'm going to do, I'm doing Vegas, sweetheart. I'm doing Vegas for a full week at the Comedy Cellar, and I am like hoping that there's shit to do during the day that is like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want to go see Celine Dion, like anything. Celine's,
0: Celine's not there. Oh. Adele was supposed to be there. Bruno is there and will be there for New New Year's. Usher just ended his residency until my, and I actually have a residency in in Vegas. Do you really? Yeah, every Sunday night at nine thirty at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club, on the in the Link Promenade under the big Ferris wheel, I was there before the Corona, and March eighth, twenty twenty, was my last performance date there until, until Sunday. Until, until this <laughs> last Sunday, that
3: is a big two, two a years, big break. And
0: nine months, two years that, and nine months.
3: That is a big break, man. Um yeah, I don't know how that goes. I'm not going to sit here and shit talk Vegas. I every time I go there, I'm like I'm like excited about. It. I'm like, "Ah, no, nah, it'll be fun this time." And then I go and then like 3 days in, I'm like, "All right, it's time to go." I'll be there for a week.
0: I mean, yeah, it's definitely time to go after 3 days. I was just <laughs> there for 5 days. I'm freaking exhausted. Exactly. And I and I, I got to go back when, uh, Thursday and I'll be there till Monday again, but th- that won't happen again because nah. I just had these 2 weeks off. But i'll be flying in from other places so i'll just be coming in on sunday now sunday
3: well if i'm if I, how about this when i go into town for the week that i'll be there i'm gonna swing by jimmy kimmel because i've never been by that club and i want to see you anyway
0: yeah i'll just hit me up and i'll <sighs> come see to you too
3: because Ooh.
0: i only work on sunday nights
3: done done okay. done i love it um so talking about all this, I don't want to get too sidetracked because I feel like this is a record that I was actually excited. Well, that's
0: because we haven't talked in like three years. <laughs> and we really like each other and we really got a lot of shit to talk about. I know.
3: That's why. <laughs> but that's why. but there's, this is what's so funny about this podcast, Lunell, is that is that there are such diehards that are like, just talk about the fucking record. I, I know that because they, they tweet that at me. They're like, you guys spent so much time just talking about blah, 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 blah. And we're like, well, that's what the, that's the podcast is wherever the conversation goes
0: first of all don't boss me around about my own damn podcast number one there number you go number two i block shit like that don't don't talk don't don't talk to me like that but i do understand so let's talk about algorithms. but i because
3: i it's you know it's it's rare that i get a record on the on the list that you know, I know the artist and I, and I never listened, like, I, I never listened to Al Green's just singular albums. I got into him by, I got into him through his greatest hits, which, I mean, there's a few of the songs from this record that are on there. There's, you know, call me there's here. I am. I think that's the only one the only two off this record. I'd have to relook, but you know, In 1997, I I, well no, I I know where I really got it. I heard Al Green the first time. I heard "Let's Stay Together." I heard that on the Pulp Fiction soundtrack, and I bought that soundtrack. And then when I started making a little bit of money, I went out and I bought his greatest hits. And I've always felt this like deep connection to the soul singers, and I think that's because even though I, I have a very rock and roll vibe and like, that's the music I grew up listening to. And that's what I love. And that's what, if I'm in a band, that's what I do. But I love singing, you know, Otis Redding. I love singing. One of my favorite, like, I don't even call it karaoke cause I don't do straight karaoke, but when I jam with bands, um, I've done, how can you mend a, how can you mend a broken heart? I've done, um, uh, what's the Otis Redding song I do all the time? Not pain in my heart. Um, I've been loving you, yeah. too long. Yeah, I have Otis Redding. If you can see it, I have Otis Redding. I got that painting commission back there. I think he's the greatest voice. I think he's one of the coolest rock stars that might have ever lived. And and yes, he's R and B, but that motherfucker was rock and roll. But Al, but Al Green was was different there was there was like you know he never from what i had heard i never heard him do any kind of like real like rocky song he's got some funk in his career
0: they 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 um you know they say like a keith sweat would pattern himself like an al green because of the the begging and the pleading yes that he used to do that just you know he, he he used to just grip your your soul you know yeah and um yeah, that's that's that we loved Al Green and 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 women loved Al Green. And then, you know, he had the scandal and
3: everything. With Wait, them. what scandal? No, 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 no. Don't skip over that. It might be in my facts, but do you know it or do you want me to see if we can find it? Justin, you look up. It. Oh, we got Justin here. We don't have we don't have Adam, our regular producer or Jeremiah. So we get Justin who came to shoot my shows at the Funny Bone in Albany. And did you give me mushrooms? He gave me mushrooms. Yes, he did. Did I show you the, did I show you the, look at this. I'm going to show you this guy's because I love mushrooms, but it's all, oh, it's broken up now. But I have that, remember that guy that gave me, he gave me an eight gram singular mushroom and I've just been chipping away at it. Yeah. Going to concerts. I took, I took like, I took like a small chunk bite off and I went to go see Eric Clapton and it was the most boring show I'd ever been to in my life yeah shots fired dude fuck eric i, <laughs> dude, wouldn't, I mean i wouldn't go see
0: eric Clapton.
3: he's racist he as f- he, he is racist as fuck and that's what i was hoping for i was hoping that he would at least if he's gonna play either play lay down sally or go anti-vax and just do something that i can videotape and put online and like be like dude fucking eric clapton's like losing his goddamn mind but <laughs> do you take mushrooms you ever do that Linnell? i have a mushroom
0: candy bar in my
3: refrigerator right now
0: but I haven't had shrooms in many, 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 many years. I used to eat them just like that, like nice. in that bag. Uh, you know, you have to micro dose yourself. Mm-hmm. But I, and they were great, it made me giggly and laughy and mm-hmm. have a lot of fun. I yeah. don't know what the dose is to this candy bar. That's why I haven't had it because I wouldn't want to take it for a show and fucking go surging off, you know. <laughs> Into the fucking <laughs> sunset somewhere, but I'm going to probably take it with me on this Vegas trip because that's a perfect place too. Uh,
3: right? Dude, I will bring I will bring some mushrooms too, and if we see each other, like I'll fucking dose with you. I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll walk because there's like you can go down Fremont Street like the old town Vegas and we were just down there and it's like, they have that covering, I guess, the yeah. air conditioning, but it, at nighttime and not even nighttime during the day too, it's just the trippiest beautiful. shit you've ever, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's like made yeah, for Fremont
0: drugs. Street is really famous for those lights like that.
3: Yeah. yeah. I you always know? thought it was just famous for being like the first part of Vegas, but I guess it's important. They're like, dude, not only is it the original Vegas, it's the perfect place to take psychedelic drugs and, and just wander
0: closer to the Greyhound station. So, you know what that means?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was the, what was the scandal? What was the scandal that, that, that you, do you know? Cause I'll, I'll have Justin look it up too, but what was the scandal that, that you mentioned? about Well, Green?
0: a woman scorned was the scandal. You know, he um, apparently was involved with some women uh, or, or a few, before he ever decided to become a preacher. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them um, threw some hot, scalding, hot grips on him. And bur- third degree burnt him, like from the neck. You know, I don't think he had a shirt on. His back, his chest, he had to be hospitalized. It was a whole big thing.
3: Yeah, it says here, it says October 18th, 1974, early morning hours. Uh, ex-girlfriend, you're right. Burst in, he was taking a bath, scolding hot grits on his back. And then she goes to the bedroom and shoots herself dead with Green's own gun uh not everyone however would have processed the meaning of this incident in quite the way that green did believing that he had strayed from the righteous musical and spiritual course intended for him al green had become a born again christian one year earlier oh earlier i would have thought that i for some reason i don't know why would i would
0: think that would turn him, yeah, that, like, would turn that, him. him. that would turn him
3: that just, that, out. Yeah. That, just re, that just reiterated he was like yeah he's like thank you jesus thank you for reminding me But after the attack, after the attack by Mary Woodson on this day in 74, he became a process. He began a process that would eventually lead him to renounce pop superstardom and all that it stood for. So how far into his career was he when he basically gave it up? Because that's ultimately what I'm getting from that, right? He was in it. He was in it. He was at the,
0: he was, he was a hot, 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 hotty when that happened. It was a huge deal. I was younger, um, and it was like—I um, mean, he was like a, a rock star, soul singer, rock star. You know, shirt off, sweating, making the women go crazy—that whole shit.
3: Is what's what's the song? Well, no, I'm not gonna say what's the song because I I know "Let's Stay Together" came out before this. Like, how big was how big was "Let's Stay Together"? Was that his first record? Justin, can you look that up for me, bud? How big? Or hell, was...
0: Obama, Obama just sang it. Did he really? Yeah.
3: Where, like, just like on the campaign trail?
0: Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> nah, no, he wasn't campaign. Yeah, was he? I think it was. In, it was at a big, you know, convention, and he's saying, "I'm so in love with you," and everybody, oh, went, yeah, everybody went <laughs> up.
3: I mean, I think that is. I mean, you know, this is this is making fun of white people, but I think "Let's Stay Together" is. One of the soul songs that most white people no. know and can probably sing a lot of the lyrics too. Whereas something like you know uh, what's the what's the Marvin Gaye song that's real sexy, um, not sexual healing. What's the other Distant one? Distant Lover. No, 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 no. It's the one I'm thinking of is. Uh, oh fuck off! What is it? I it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, the Got sexual. To uh no, but sexual sexy. healing. No, let's no, god damn it. God damn, I'm gonna look this up. I just I gotta look it up now because I'm gonna feel like okay. a fucking idiot. Hold on, give me one second. But yeah, but I, but I would put let's stay together, Marvin Gay. I would put Let's Stay Together and this song that I'm looking up right now, gay, uh not what's going on. Let's get it on. Let's get oh, let's it, get it on. on. My God, Josh, how can you forget that? I'd put Let's Stay Together and let's get it on as like, you know, very sexy songs. Cuz Let's Stay Together is him just saying, it's basically what the title is. It's like I'm so in love with you, you know, uh, whatever you want whatever to do, you is all, do is all right, is with, all right me. with me. Let's you stay make together.
0: It so brand new.
3: Yeah, it's I want to
0: spend my life with you. Who do you
3: think who do you think more babies were conceived to? Uh out of any of the soul singers, who do you think is the number 1 Baby making soul singer. That means we got Barry White, Marvin Gaye, Al Green. Who else would you put I, in there? Isaac Hayes. I. You think Isaac really? Mm-hmm. I just know Shaft. Is that bad? Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> but. Black it's Moses. Okay. I used to have in my defense, but wait, wait hold on Lou, no, in my defense. My you dad the was Black really, Moses poster. I, had, I had the no not the Black Moses poster. I had the I had the when you folded out the record It was the
0: album. It
3: was the album The Cross we and I had that al-
0: on We still have it on the door right now as we speak at my mom's house in Arkansas. She's been dead for years, but that Black Moses uh uh album is open and tacked
3: onto the door in our house in Arkansas right now. I love that. I, right I wish now. I, my dad, I mean, I bet my sister kept all that stuff when my dad died. Cause she always kept all, she kept all the vinyl, but yeah, uh, like who, who is, who's the, who do you think is the most amount of kids or, or even not even, let's, let's cut it down away from that. Like out of all of those singers, like, like, Whose career is based around the the music of Amore, the love making music? What do you think?
0: Well, Smokey Robinson,
3: mm-hmm. and
0: definitely Marvin Berry. Um, I, I, I want to say Sam Cook, but not really.
3: Sam Cook. You know what's funny is Sam Cook. It w- was more you know, and and this is why I love why I do, we do this podcast. I always thought Sam was like very like, you know, and take this where it is very like whitewashed in the sense that he just was a black soul singer that, that really just tried to fit into whatever the mold white people was because a lot of those artists at the time had to do that to make any money, you know? And then Sam, we, we did a record on this podcast live from the Harlem square club and it might be the one of the best records I've listened to since doing this podcast. And it was like, Sam being himself playing to like a real party when he when they do uh when they like bring it on home i mean you can hear the 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 energy of the crowd in the room and it just is like it's just it's just so palpable where where it's even though this that came out fucking years ago it's like it's just i'd put that performance up there with anything with with cheap trick you know live of Budokan, or any of the other live records it's incredible and to be able to hear him sing like that which is not with that smooth tenor it's this like raspy like fucking like he's just partying and he's he's it's like the same reason i love otis redding is like when you hear otis writing most people know otis as sitting on the dock of the bay but if you listen to like any of his versions of try a little tenderness or there's a record that I tell so many people to listen to, um, which is Otis Redding live at the whiskey go-go. He did three nights at the whiskey go-go in Los Angeles and mm. almost the same set every night, but just if every song is a little different on all three nights and it's just, I listen to it like, and I'm like, if I could have seen any concert in the history of mankind, that's mm. where I would want to, be. it's so good. Um, good for you. Oh, it's just the best. It's the best. I mean, that's what I'm saying is that I, as I've gotten older, I had that. I had that connection with everybody, you know. Like I said, through Pulp Fiction. I think it started with Al Green, and then it moved into like Sly and the Family Stone because my mom listened to Sly. Um, but I don't know if I would put Sly in the same genre as Al Green. There, he's way you know, funkier. He's way funkier.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, Sly is not a balladeer and love, love making song maker. He was funk for sure, and. um and you know, I mean, hell,
3: fly played at 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 Woodstock, yeah, for sure. And 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 here's the thing: is it, but has a great voice, is an incredible songwriter. But when we're talking about like these, like the real, I, I don't even because it's, it's all balladeers, soul. the balladeers. Yeah, I like that you said that. I like that you said the balladeers. You know, you, you have Jackie Wilson, Wilson Pickett, Sam Cooke, uh, James Brown, even James Brown, I'd put in there, even though like once again, he was pretty funky too. But, Al, there's something about him that that I think out of all of his records, even the record we're talking about today, call me, it it is made for fucking. yeah, definitely. <laughs> like you could say, Sam Cook, you know, he even do you know, uh, a change gonna come. Wilson Pickett, you know, I'm gonna wait till the midnight <laughs> wow. oh. Jackie Wilson he's upbeat. But James, even when he gets funky on this record, like, it's it's to fuck to. That just means he's picking up his stroke a little bit. You know what I mean? He's, he's quickening yeah, the beat.
0: like I said, Al Green was, you know, he was performing with his shirt off and sweating and grinding on, you know, women and stuff like this way, 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 you know, 50 years ago. Yeah. but And, and I mean 50 years ago.
3: I know it really is. So,
0: um... That was a big deal then, you know, not such a big deal now, but that was a really, really, really big deal then. And to have women going into a tizzy and frizzy, I mean, hell, a woman blew her brains out over him.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Would you call, would you say, would you say that that Al Green's sexy, which is like, and excluding, excluding just the singing, like if you just saw him on the street, would you be like, oh, this motherfucker?
0: Well, it's sort of in the style of the clothes that you wear and the way you wear them and the swag in which you walk and carry yourself, that sort of makes you sexy. And yes, I would say that.
3: I I think that, you know, I've never seen a live real performance of him. I wanted to go see him recently. I
0: mean, you you won't now, neither, unless you go see him at church. But um, I think that every now and then they pull him out to do like an Essence Festival or something like that. And he has started incorporating some of his old songs back in, but he's old and fat now, like, you know, the rest of us. So hey,
3: I wouldn't uh, say sexy so much. Justin, pull up, pull up a picture of, of Al Green then, and a picture of Al Green now. I want to see what he looks like. All right, guys. So by now you can see how incredible Lunell is, and we're going to get right back to that conversation. But once you're done listening to our conversation, I want you to do yourself a favor and go check out another show that also has an amazing guest recently. From Next Chapter Podcast and BasketballNews.com, it's the Rex Chapman Show. Co-hosted by the king of Twitter himself and Rex's best friend, actor Josh Hopkins from Cougar Town, True Detective, and CSI Miami, this podcast invites you into the room as they engage in in-depth, entertaining conversations with some of the most important individuals in the world of pro sports, show business, and elsewhere. Ooh, where's elsewhere? The latest guest was former New York Knick Larry Johnson, who I used to be obsessed with. I used to, He was my favorite player when he played for the Charlotte Horn because I could only afford the the Charlotte Hornets starter jacket. And so I was just like, Larry Johnson, they're going to go deep into his unique career, which included an NCAA championship, first round draft pick, two NBA All-Star awards, and 1992 Rookie of the Year. This is a show for people who want an authentic, unguarded look into the lives of some of the most interesting people on the planet. So listen to The Rex Chapman Show wherever you get your podcasts or visit basketballnews.com to watch videos of the show. Now, back to the 500. So here, I'm going to give us a little bio about his career right here. So in high school, he formed a vocal group called Al Green and the Creations and later changed their name to Al Green and the Soulmates. They recorded the song Back Up Train, which became a hit on the R&B charts, peaking at 46 in the Cashbox Top 100. However, the group's substantial of subsequent follow ups failed to chart, and shortly after, Green came into contact with Memphis producer Willie Mitchell, who hired him in 69 to be a vocalist for a Texas show with Mitchell's band. Following the performance, Mitchell asked Green to sign with his high-records label, having noted that Green had been trying to sing like Jackie Wilson, Sam Cooke, Wilson Pickett, and James Brown, Mitchell became his vocal mentor, coaching him in defining his own voice before releasing his first album with High. Green removed the final E from his name. His first album, Green is blues came out in 69 with moderate success. His next record, Al Green gets next to you. All right. So here we go. This is it. We got the pictures yeah. up everybody. Oh yeah. yeah. He, I mean, you know, that, that, that famous picture of him, the one uh, that you got pulled up right now, where him kind the of looking, the black and white one, the black and one from let's stay together. That's For the sure. let's stay together picture. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a, that is a handsome man.
0: That's
3: right. Hair looks great. They got the collar popped really right. good looking dude. Yes. And, and then the way to no, left And then there's the other one with him with his shirt off. Yeah. There you go. That you're right. i I've, for some reason, when you said he had his shirt off, I was like, I don't I don't ever remember that. That's one oh. of the most iconic well, shots.
0: Uh, uh, if, you were, if you were a woman, you would.
3: <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's a good looking man. Even oh now he, now he's gotten fat. Yeah. I see it now. Yeah. Oh, Al, God damn. He is good looking dude. God
0: yeah, damn. he was. I God. mean, he's still Al Green and there's still, you know, women who live in the, you know, live in the past, and they still are gonna see Al as that black and white picture, period. Like if anybody had to play him right now in an auto bio, I would say Usher could do it. You know? Oh
3: no, I agree. I totally agree with that. Yeah, I see that. Would yeah. you consider Al Green's voice to be one of the most instantly recognizable?
0: If you're black. Yes. <laughs> yeah,
3: you, know, I think I, you talk
0: about your Twitter fan, you probably gonna get some backlash on even doing Al Green from your your people you're like, well, why did you pick this guy and who kills a damn and da-da-da-da-da? When are you gonna do Sabbath and da da da? So you know, sorry I, to the people out there in the podcast. We're spending some time on Al Green today, because he's a legend and he deserves it.
3: Who would you who would you compare his voice to, how unique it is? Like what other singers have a voice that's unique? Because there's a way that he sings that it's like a falsetto, but it's it's you, nasally. It's actually. very nasally, but it's I would
0: say Keith Sweat. I would say Keith Sweat. You know, nobody sounds like Al, but anybody who who I think patterns they have a pattern like Al Green, I think it was Keith Sweat, because in the begging and the you know, the love songs and the, yeah, I would say for me, you know, I can only speak for me.
3: Yeah. I would say, uh, who, would, uh, uh, who, sweat. who would I say? I would say in his style. I mean, I'm trying to think of the people whose voices. So like when you it. got
0: your style, like that's yours. Like, yeah. You know, that's like saying, who do you think sounds like you now? Well, you know, some man, (laughs) there wouldn't be no chick. There's no chicks that sound like me.
1: Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11.
0: So, I mean, nobody sounds like Al and nobody sounds like Marvin, you know, um, um, Uh, Robin Thicke just got slapped, you know, with a case about um, blurred lines. And they say that that was the got to give it up sample. And him and Pharrell, they got sued shit out of and had to pay because it literally was sort of just like that song. But Mm -hmm. I don't really know that there's anybody who I could say sound like Al Green, but his voice is easily instantly recognize. I, I think story. it's
3: I think out of all the soul singers, you immediately know when you're putting on an Al Green song, which is funny about this record, because I don't every I think there's what, 12 tracks on it. Let me look at the track listing. There's let's regard, Yeah, there's, there's I think about,
0: maybe Ron Isley Ron, Ron Yes. Yeah, I'll take
3: Ron Isley, too. Yeah, because he's got but he's got that like, you know, that that same kind of like high pitch falsetto. Yeah. Help me, baby, you're contagious. <laughs> I'm thinking even earlier
0: Isley Brothers, you know. I'm thinking earlier, early Isley Brothers, like, you know.
3: That's the um, one I remember. I remember Contagious, man, because I remember that music video. It's like, what well, the hell you doing Kelly, in though. my bed?
0: <laughs> that was him and R. Kelly. But yeah, I know. The Isley Brothers, I'm thinking about is it, like, you know, um, um. Oh shit! I know all the Isaac brothers. So I'm trying to think of which one I would talk to you about right now. Probably, um, uh, um, footsteps in the dark. You know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, that is very, very sexy. You know, even mm-hmm. Ice Cube sampled that. For today was a good
3: day. You know. Yeah, yeah. And, um. Uh, I'm trying to, this, this is like, I'm looking at the track listings. Call me. Have you been making out? Okay. Stand up. I'm so much. It's just so many great songs. But, but the funny thing is I don't, I almost feel like this whole record is it's not song based. This is groove based. Like one groove matches the other. Like, what do you, what do you think about that? Do you think this is more of a song based record or a groove based one?
0: I think I can't separate that, you know, because for me, Like the song, Have You Been Making Out Okay? was a big hit. For other people, maybe not so much. Mm -hmm. But I really, really felt that song when that song came out and I was young, you know? And my brother in Arkansas was a DJ at one time. And one of the memories that I always have of going to our family reunion, which we just went to for the first time since COVID in August. And the only music that I hear from the time I get to Texas to my sister's house, ride in her car and go to our people's house in Arkansas is nothing but old school music. So those songs remind me of being back in the South with my family, uh, being outdoors, playing cards and the night and listening to music and drinking and all that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah, this is perfect, like sit back either with either like I said in the situation of fucking or just chilling I I listened to this record while I was making a drive uh from I was going to from last night I just did it from Philly back to New York and it, it's it was just the perfect record to listen to as I was driving um yeah
0: it's definitely good good cruise um you know, cruise control
3: music. <laughs> and and this is what's funny is that is that this album I just read is considered Al Green's masterpiece, right? What does this record do? Because you, you have you have you have you listened to his whole catalog? Are you you're like, do you think that like you could say like like what what if this is considered his masterpiece? What does this record do that others do not?
0: Well, he was new on the scene. See,
3: mm-hmm. he was
0: he was pretty new on the scene, and he had like four or five bangers on that album and you know, we didn't use to skip cause you have to play the whole album to know what you want to skip anyway.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, it just like, I mean, it was a whole event. Have you heard the Al Green album? Let's go get the album. Oh, I'm gonna, I got money for my paper route. Let's how much is the album is 399, 399 on Jesus Christ. Oh my God! I got to get two more dollars. You know, it was a big <laughs> uh, hustle to try yeah. to save up to get anybody's album back then. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it was an event, and you get it and put it on and sit around and listen to it from beginning to end. You know, and then you do it again, and then you maybe start skipping
3: some. It was it's that. It, but it, you're saying it was it like Al Green was that popular? And and this? Oh is- yeah.
0: Oh, that, sure. that when, yes. it,
3: when it when a record came out the way that I, I remember Morty, our old writer, said we were talking about Bowie and he was like, when Bowie put out an album, it wasn't just an album. It was like people were foaming at the mouth, stopping whatever they were doing to go get it and just you put it on and you would listen to it all the way through. Is that but
0: also, you, you got to remember the albums had pictures, albums had credits, mm-hmm. albums had descriptions, dedications. Yeah. And there was a lot to read on an album as you were listening to an album and the photos and the photo art. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot to do when you got an album streaming is only the music but an album is a whole book it's a whole thing
3: no it was like a piece of you you owned you felt like you owned a piece of the artist you 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 felt like almost they gave it to you and and you would you would sit there and you would read the lyrics as you listened to the album and you would you would you know what because i was i when i really got into it it was all tapes which you could still unfold the paper that was that was in the tape cassette Yes, yeah, um, if you
0: have a magnifying
3: glass. <laughs> yeah, but I was a kid, so I had those young eyes, them them good, clean, oh, yeah, like yeah, I could yeah. see everything, dude. But I never, I never really understood, I'm not saying you didn't understood, but I missed out on the vinyls, which was like, I used to see my dad like sitting there in this little i guess it was like our our you know we had a family room in the living room and it was in the living room my dad had his stereo set up and he would just sit there with the album and he'd be listening to the record and he'd look at the thing and and so when i would you know put on some of his records because they were cool i would do the same thing that's why i found out about the black moses thing you know what i mean because you unfold that thing and then it's you know you get this great picture of isaac hayes yeah but but that's crazy i didn't i i knew that he was big and i and i knew like al green was important to soul music but i would never thought that it was an event when one of his Well, i mean
0: you know it's a, it's all um it's all in the demographic you know like there's a lot of black people who weren't into leonard skinner but look how leonard skinner was such a soul singer literally uh, you know, uh, in, in this old country uh, g- g- bluegrass sort of way, yeah. Leonard Skinner had an amazingly soulful voice. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. his brother, who took over after he got killed, you know, mm-hmm. great voice. But it's 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 you know it's it's a little se- segregationist, you know, back yeah. back then. some of, some of somewhere. it doesn't diminish the popularity of anybody. It just was in different demographic, you know? Did
3: you get, did you, because you mentioned that you you moved to that that predominantly white area. Did you get a lot of like, like, you know, not, not racism from, from living there, but I was talking more about like music where it was like, you know, did you notice the white kids listening to a lot of the black music and vice versa, the white, the black kids listening to a lot of white music?
0: Let me think about that. Um, no, I did not. I knew black kids was listening to black music and white kids, kids was listening right to me. the white music. Yeah. Unless the friends zone crossed. Mm-hmm. And if you had white friends that had black friends or black friends that have white friends, then they both got exposed to each other's music. And then that, that's how I learned everything. And plus, Who- it, like I say, MTV.
3: You who know? was who was the who was the white friend that turned you on to white music
0: um well there was more than one because if you're only one of six black families <laughs> you're gonna have some white friends and yeah 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 at all. yeah so there was more than one um but i you know i nobody turned me on to the bgs and I don't give a fuck who don't like the B.G.s because disco came and all that shit. Whatever. I mean, you know. But a Saturday night fever turned me on to the B.G.s, and I went B.G. goddamn crazy. You loved them. I I I one of the first albums I ever had was Hard Day's Night by the Beatles. Okay, mm-hmm. love the Beatles. I still I can karaoke when singing. Uh, came by me love. To this day, I will win There's no doubt about it <laughs> And um, uh, You know, we also Went into the uh, Yellow Submarine uh,
3: I, Well, Yellow Submarine Yellow Submarine is it's Such an underrated song Like, I want to do that at the goddamn Comedy Jam so bad to close out the show Because I just want to get everybody Like, you know, 500 people Just, we all live in the yellow, yellow Submarine, submarine. Yeah, submarine. Yeah, submarine. And you, there's so many ways you can say. it. Because if you listen to that ending of that song, uh, they're all four of the guys and the Beatles are singing different harmonies on it. So you have the guy like we all live in a yellow submarine, which is the, yeah, which is the which is the main one. But you can hear like you know John doing that. We all live in a yellow submarine. I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, so, sorry. And then,
0: and then, like I said, you know, Wham, fucking came out, and they sounded black until in until we got a load of, of George Michael. He <laughs> yeah. continued to sing soul music all his life. He had duets with Aretha Franklin, mm-hmm. you know, and all kind of people. And uh, Wake Me Up Before You Go Go might have been pop, but it sounded sort of blackish. And, um, you know, Careless Whispers and Father Figure and all that, you know, George Michael was definitely crossover. Um, I loved Van Halen from, because this was, you know, David Lee Roth with the big hair and the the karate Mm -hmm. kicks and shit. And so I loved that, I loved the cars, I loved Duran Duran, I Mm -hmm. thought he was really cute and shit and uh but then i also was listening to chicago yeah and i was listening to average white band awb
3: yeah but every every white band you've just mentioned though lunel is like has like a very strong black influence in their writing you know well i mean
0: i I mean yeah i wasn't into zeppelin and i wasn't into sabbath and i wasn't into that type of stuff. You know, they just held the Elvis movie just came out and you could clearly see his influence of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. with the black black music influence in his life. Um and uh diehard Elvis Presley fans would not want to admit that, but it's clearly true. You know what I mean? Yeah. And well- um yeah.
3: Well, what's funny is, what's funny is like Green on this record, uh, if this is what the notes are true, is that like he covers two country songs on this record. I'm so lonesome, I could cry, and funny how time slips away. So, what does that tell you about how like his musical mind worked? Because this is a soul singer taking two, two country songs and turning them into soul.
0: Well, I mean, at the end of the day, music is supposed to unite not separate 100 percent. so if he was smart which apparently he was
1: mm-hmm.
0: he would take a song like that but you just have to do it justice or do it better you can't take a beloved country song Mm-mm. and put your black ass take on it because <laughs> they will tear your ass up you have to do it eat justice or you have to do it a little bit better
3: yeah Period. for sure now you don't
0: I... get you know a cross burning on your lawn
3: the next day. Can me ask you a question? This is way off topic, but I've always wanted to ask you about this. Do you mind talking about Borat? Hold on. Can you hold on one minute? <laughs> yeah, go Hold ahead. on
0: for one minute. This is fucking hilarious. Hold what? on just one minute. I'm uh, not gone. Just uh, one minute. Okay. I got something to show you.
3: I like her backdrop, though. Okay. Oh, there it is.
0: So, Borat is now 15 years
3: old, okay? God damn. yeah.
0: Easily the most lucrative and popular film that I've done that nobody knows I'm in.
3: <laughs> really?
0: People do not equate me with Borat unless, the, like, black people definitely don't. The black people was way, way, way late to the party. We didn't know what a Borat was. Yeah. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing when I filmed it. <laughs> I got a check from Borat today. Nice. For four thousand dollars.
3: Good God! That's fifteen a, years later. <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving.
0: And this book, I just ran across the other day. For the people, viewer, listeners, you can't see, but I'm showing him a, a book, that is, was given to us as a gift, at the end of the film. Half the book is, in America, and half the book is. In Romania. So, <laughs> um, and it's, it's showing some of the behind the scenes stuff. Now, here's a picture of me that I'm showing you now in the middle of all these crazy Romanians. Uh, we had to fly into Bucharest and then go to Sun city. You see
3: Yeah, 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 I love it, I love it They carried
0: me through the street like an ambassador
3: Well, you were probably the first black person they ever saw I might have
0: been, I might have been but there's some very dark Romanians over there and you see Sasha right here
3: Oh my god how did how did you so how did you get it? How did you end up like ending up in that movie? I think it's one of the most iconic characters in the movie because you're seeing it. So you're you're like when you're in it, it's just it's you know you 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 steal every scene.
0: Okay, first of all, um, I I had the audition. Sure. I I auditioned, and I hear the people like Gwyneth Paltrow and stuff auditioned for this role. There was only five actors in the entire movie. Every single body else signed a release because Mm. people are that thirsty to be on television. Oh, yeah. And then when it came out and it showed them not in a good light, they wanted to sue Borat. Mm. First of all, you can't sue a fictitious character. There is no Borat. (laughs) Second of all, you definitely don't have the money to go up against the movie company. Yeah. So nobody's sued anywhere. No. Yeah. And um, it's really, it's very, very shocking and hard to watch because I went back about three months ago and tried to watch it. I got, I'm in the goddamn movie and I went in 10 minutes. (laughs) I was 10 minutes in, I was like, I can't, I can't do this.
3: It's so uncomfortable, but it's It's so great. It's
0: hugely uncomfortable. Yeah, it really is. what it is, is about what people say when they think that nobody's really listening, racially. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you will recall, I don't know how prophetic this fool was. Hell, he took a dump in front of Trump Tower in New York City.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the movie. I know.
0: There were 96 arrests during the making of Borat. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. And um, Larry Charles is our was our director, and he's a mad scientist as well. I mean he's Seinfeld, just as crazy as yeah, Oscar. dude. It's
3: Kirby enthusiasm, Seinfeld. Like Larry he's...
0: Charles is a is a, is a mad scientist in the lab, and the people that were in there, the drunken frat boys and the and the camper, or the people that we had at the dinner party. You know, those were real people saying real shit. Mm-hmm. Then they got him, and then they signed the real release, like
1: a and then fuck. it came
0: out, and they were like, "Oh my god!" But I, I didn't mean it like that. Well, yes, you did. So it was really a scientific experiment, a social experiment on what people say when they think that nobody's watching. But now with social media and stuff, people say anything they want to, about anybody they want to, Mm -hmm. under the guise of anonymity, Mm -hmm. being keyboard gangsters. 90% of the stuff that people say on Twitter they would not say to that person's face. Oh,
3: not at all. No, not at all. Not at all. Did you have any, I always
0: like, challenge somebody to come talk to me. Meet me. You wanna come see me. You yeah, got something I know, right? to say about me. I
3: know. Did you have now any I'm a girl? Did you have any idea that it was gonna be as big as it was? Like, did you know about Borat and Sasha Baron Cohen Hell, prior to it?
0: I knew about Sasha being Ollie G. Yeah. I didn't know what a Borat was. I didn't even know how to pronounce it. <laughs> and plus you're sitting home one day. In the Crenshaw district of L.A., which was where I was living, Mm -hmm. and you get an email that says, "Pack your bags, you're off to Bucharest, Romania." What the (laughs) fuck? That is not my vacation destination spot.
3: (laughs) What was that like? What was that like in Bucharest? I mean, I did the pictures. The pictures were awesome.
0: (laughs) Well, Bucharest is is a main city, so it was a city and fountains and stuff like that. I did not enjoy the food. And um, in Vlad or Vlad or whatever the fuck city of town. It wasn't a town. I mean, it wasn't a city. It was a town where we went, where we filmed all the rural stuff. Like when I had the milk machine hooked to my boobs and there was a cow in the house. Mm-hmm. That's all in this little nasty town that really lives like that. You know, they not they didn't really pay those people. They gave them oil and sugar and computers.
3: Wow. Wow. When did you know that it was going to be big? When was the moment that you were like holy shit I just did something that's like this is this is bigger than just doing, you know, a scene in a movie? Yeah, dude, that you are so cute. Oh my god, dude, you are so adorable. You are adorable now, but you dressed up like a fucking babushka. I mean, that's (laughs) that's not a bad look for you, baby. Like, I know
0: that weighs a sense, Shuddy. Um, (laughs) well, the commercials started coming out, but and I was like, oh my god. But I think it really didn't hit me until I pulled up at the premiere. It is. Easily, and I, only only the Dolomite is my name. Eddie Murphy premiere yeah. was as big as Borat. We couldn't do a premiere for Coming to America because it came out during damn COVID. Yeah, that would have been big. It would have had zebras and all that shit, but we didn't get to it. When I pulled up at the premiere, Sunset Boulevard was shut down. Nice. There were. Mules and carts and women and all kinds of wild shit. And Sasha came in riding on something wild. I don't know, some kind of something. It was just, it was the biggest. It was, it was, it was huge. And that is why we made so much money. Yeah. Because it was a blockbuster, but they only had to pay five
3: people. Yeah, I know. And I know actually, no, I don't know if you know Peter Baelish, uh who works with Sasha. Like I know Peter, we used to work out together.
0: Hold on, I got Peter's picture right here. You tell me if you talk about this, Peter. No,
3: I, I know I know I know the, the fucking small British Peter and his wife, and we used to do CrossFit together, and he was just this skinny little waif that uh, you know, would try his best, but and then then he kept talking about it. he works with Sasha, and I was like, no shit, dude, and we just became buds. He came to the goddamn comedy jam in L.A. and and we hit it off. If you think about it, you know, Lunell, you've worked with with I I even I'm even I think now she's starting to, but I wouldn't put her on the um on the Mount Rushmore. But you worked with two out of like out of some of the biggest comedian, uh, yeah, dude. Oh God, he looks so different. <laughs> Jesus, a good-looking guy. But um, you but you worked with you worked with Sasha Baron Cohen and Eddie Murphy, who are probably two of the biggest comedic minds uh, in history. You know that have that have done. I mean, so so much. Kevin Hart, working,
0: Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle. But now I'm you're working. With, I'm working with Gene Smart. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Hacks. What is that?
3: How how is how are you enjoying hacks or like what's what's that experience been like? obsessed with hacks yeah obsessed um you
0: don't think as a young black girl when you're watching designing women that you're i know grow up and even meet any of these women let alone work with any of them and gene smart uh, they don't write for older women in this town but they did mm-hmm. and when they did it's a hit they're writing the third season now i know i'm I think I'm back in, you know, they okay. told me they got me slated. So I did the first, first um the first season I did one episode. Second season I did four episodes. I already know there's two with me in it on this third season. So we'll see what more happens. But the chemistry between everybody is delicious. It's a great it. working environment, great place to work. But I just get so many cl- close, close but not there to put me over like Borat should have made me a big, big, big ass star.
1: <laughs> yeah, but dude.
0: I had to sign a gag order. Yeah, and I couldn't t- tell nobody that I wasn't a prostitute. for fucking like seven months, which you know you go into the polo club in Beverly Hills <laughs> and they're like, "That's that prostitute. They're that hoe.
3: They're and
1: that
0: a prostitute, hoe." you gotta say, "I'm not a hoe. I'm really an actress." But you don't know who you're talking to in this yeah. town. And now you done breached your contract, and they're gonna yeah. sue you.
3: Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You
0: know, I got a lot of close, but not just like coming to America. I could have got a lot of play out of that. Came out during COVID. During COVID, we didn't even have a premiere or nothing like that. So well,
3: my my thing. Day- I was talking to I was who I, I was just talking to about Jean Smart, which is like, man, it's like you want to talk about having an incredible second half of her career, like to do designing women, which is one of the biggest shows of the eighties and the nineties to and then like i was talking to my friend justine marino about it, another comic and she goes she goes a few years ago like five years ago six years ago, she was in like those hallmark movies on like lifetime that were that nobody are just
0: was che- nobody was checking for gene smart five years
3: ago i know and nobody and was. now she's the hottest one of the hottest and best actresses she's the go-to character actress she's in hollywood bitch, right she's now bitch
0: right now oh yes and 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 I think we won like the first season. I think we won like thirteen Emmys.
3: Yeah, well deserved. Because I know Hannah. I knew I've known Hannah when she first started stand up, and she's just the oh, best.
0: Oh, Hannah is. This is her first
3: ever series. This is her first anything and big.
0: She is knocking this shit. So far out the park. Yeah. I'm like, you were born to do this role right here
3: <laughs> all right, was born to do that. So you've worked cause there's so many and we got to wrap this up, but I, cause I want to tell a story too about me and you before we get okay. into the final questions, but, but out all of right. all the people that you've worked with, what is your, what is your favorite story? Whether it's, whether it's, uh, Eddie Murphy, whether it's, uh, you know, Dave Chappelle, Gene smart or Bora, what is your favorite story out of, out of your illustrious career? That you God, that's very
0: hard to say because, you know, I did three Sandler movies as well.
3: Throw him in too. Throw him in too. Anyone anyway, you've you know, got, you've worked with fucking hitters. Yeah, I'd put Sandler on the Mount Rushmore too.
0: Yeah, and when I did this movie with Adam Sandler called That's My Boy, mm-hmm.
3: which is a high Larry. It is. It's. It's. I. That was like. That was, that he, it was, it's a slept on movie for sure. It's so good. I'm going
0: to tell you what happened. I'm going to tell you what happened. First of all, it was rated R because it's totally, absolutely, from the first scene (laughs) to the last one, inappropriate. You know, within the first 10 minutes of the movie, you got a teacher going down on a student, you know, Mm. and they're having an affair like, what? So what happened was, When, you know, this is Adam Sandler, dick in a box, Adam Sandler, but people forget about when he used to do that on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. So then he started making all these family movies, and family movies, and family, family movie, family movie. (laughs) (laughs) But then he didn't make a family movie and he made That's My Boy, rated R. Well, they were so used to him making these family movies that all the, you know, Housewives, got their wine and their Xanax and grabbed the kids and, and went to the matinee. Let's go see Adam's movie. Gonna go see Adam. And they walked in there and then when this movie went totally to the left, then they all ran screaming out of the movie theater and grabbing <laughs> the kids right and and, and protested and yeah. gave us a lot of backlash and a lot of shit. So the movie didn't get the play that it should have and then the other sure. two movies I did with him were um Hotel Transylvania One and Two, where I just used my voice. Yeah. I think that during the making of that's my boy, you know, you got James Kahn and you've got rest in peace. You've got Tony Orlando, Mm -hmm. you got Jets coach Rex Ryan, and you've got, uh, you know, uh, Sierra played my daughter and Todd Bridges and, um, everybody, you know, all kinds of, all kinds of crazy people. Yeah. So that was really pretty iconic. And of course, I did The Rock, which was like the f- second movie I ever did. That's yep. Sean Connery and Nicholas Nicholas Cage, Cage. You
3: know, dude. You, Cage. dude, you. I'm telling you now, like you're 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 a pubic hair away from being one of the biggest stars I, in the world. Gonna,
0: that's a long, tough hair, baby. <laughs> I wish it would come head on now. Shit, it's I want to you on your water drinking. You were knocking that jug back like nobody did. Have I drank all that you drink all that in a day? I drink
3: I drink one and a half of these a day for my vocal cords.
0: Jesus you must yeah. have this you got the skin of a 17 year old No, if I don't I I, water I, my stomach is too big it would sound like the Pacific Ocean my,
3: I I have unfortunately I have my mom's skin and that means every I don't have eczema but I got pretty much everything else so <laughs> I got rosacea I got adult acne I I, I I can't get rid of that I'm just I swear to God man I'm, I'm I look in the mirror I'm like I'm about to be 43 years old and I have the skin of a 13 year old going through hormonal changes and I'm like, God oh. damn it. This as is as long
0: as you don't have the penis of a 13 year. No, no, thank God.
3: Right. I I, you know, but I did think I had a small penis for a long time because my ex-girlfriend used to say that in fights. And then for years <laughs> after, I swear to God, Lunell years after women would be like, You have a nice dick, and I'd be like, all right, stop fucking around. Okay. No, listen, that don't. is
0: the lowest blow. The nothing you can say to a man to make him want to stab you in the neck more than that except like I fucked your big dick friend, but <laughs> yeah. you know, that's, I that's mean, you, know you can call somebody broke. You can talk about their mama. You can, well, if you say you're the little dick bastard, you say some shit like that. Now you better run bitch. You know Yeah. What I mean?
3: Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that i've definitely...
0: not said that to anybody, even when I have seen the smallest dick in America, <laughs> I've
3: seen it.
0: It was nothing but hair and a head it looked like a mushroom cap coming out of the ground. Yeah. <laughs> i was like this
3: is pathetic uh this is before we get into the final questions uh because we got to yeah, get now out of here was starting but, to talk about dick and shit no 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 no, no 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 i can talk about dick. Like,
0: what the fuck does that got fuck. to do without me?
3: they can they can they can kiss my small dick every, it's, a, it's a regular day. penis it's a regular penis everybody it's a regular <laughs> regular nobody's complaining
0: i'll be the judge of that all later. right
3: all right here we go we'll put that on patreon My favorite story with you, which I don't even if you remember, you might remember how we met when we did a show at Cal State Northridge. Do you remember that? Like It was in 19, not I'm sorry, not 19, 2012, May of 2012. Um, you were headlining and I got booked through, I think, Janae Thompson to feature for you. And it was in the student union. Um, um, I, 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 I don't know what you got paid, but I'll remember I got paid. $600, and I needed that $600 because I had gone, I got in that car accident where I lost my friend in, in January 2012, oh. and I started, and I started because of that accident, my friend dying in the accident, my best friend, uh, one of the funniest comics of all time, Angelo Bowers, um, I started a severe dependency on painkillers, and right when we get, so, and I'm talking from January 2nd all the way until May, I'm spending hundreds of dollars a day On them. People were donating money to me to, you know, from a medical bills and I spent it on drugs because I was just it was a tough time in my life. Yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. So so I find Tracy
0: Morgan had to go through that with his actually lost his friend.
3: Him him already all those Artie. guys i mean that's they're all it's all it's you know you get in these accidents so and especially it's like you're you're already depressed like a look at here you're, you're already depressed and then the doctor's are like oh here do you want this thing that will take away not only your physical pain but all the mental it's a painkiller of everything it's not just it is nothing to do with just your body it's it can take cold
0: blooded opioid baby mm-hmm.
3: so but i just before we get that gig um, I think it was like two days prior I started going through detox because I had told a friend and I was like, I am done. I am done taking opiates. I got to get my life back. I don't want to just die from a, from a, from a drug overdose and having my friend die. It's like, it's all in vain because I've got to live for both of us now. And so I I think that would say it was like a Friday was the first day sober Thursday was first day sober. And then on Friday, so day two, we had that show that night at, at Cal you State Northridge wow. and I met you, but you were so sweet. But this is, this is the thing earlier in the day, my friend tells me I should go to like a sauna and go to a spa. And my mom had loaned me like $300 until the weekend because like, you know, she went behind my dad's back, sent me money. Cause I was just like, mom, I got to get this. That's back what or moms
0: do. So when moms
3: yeah. do God bless her soul. And, sh- and so I go to a spa and I go, like, I get a massage, I uh, go into a sauna and a steam room, so all the opiates are, like, rushing out of my system, and then I go get food, and then I drive to Cal State Northridge, Cal State Northridge, I think our show is, at like, 7 or 8 o'clock, I drive out there, I remember I'm sitting in the car, at this point, all of the opiates are, like, rushing out of my system, so I feel... (laughs) horrible. And I walk into the student union where we're about to do our show and I meet the lady that's in charge. And, and I, and I, she says, all right, so, so Lanelle's not here yet. She'll be here in a little, uh, you're going to go up. You're going to host going to do a few minutes. You're going to do about 20. Uh, and then here's your check. And she goes, and so you can just chill until then. And I mean, I am pale white. I look like death. I've, I, am, I am dying. And I look at the lady and I say, hey, so um, that's cool. Where's the green room? I don't feel well. I think I have some food poisoning. I need to lay down. And she goes, oh, you're standing in it. And we're literally in the hallway of this building. Like it's it's like there's a hallway. There's like double doors. And then the stage is like you walk in. The stage is like to the right. And so literally hallway, there's a bathroom there that people are walking into use. And I look at him like this is a green room. She's like, yeah. And I go, I'm going to lay here on the ground, just nudge me when it's my time to go up. Now, I still haven't talked to you yet. Right, You're, you. I think you you had gotten there. You probably. I think you got there. Wait, well, you'll get brought up in a second. And then they nudge me. I sleep for like fifteen minutes. They nudge me. I walk on stage. I had one of the best sets I've ever had because I could have given a uh, shit. shit. Right. I didn't care if they liked me, if they hated me. I just wanted to get I'd get paid and go home. <laughs> I had a great time, and then I get off stage, and I stick around and watch you and and but you come up to me afterwards and you were like you fucking killed it and i don't you didn't say anything else you were just like you, like, you said i was cute but you were just like you gave me such a perfect hug that i needed and i think i held on to you a little bit longer and you were like Ooh. okay you were like okay <laughs> all right slow down baby and and it, but it was but it was one of those things that was like you 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 meant what you said i think you probably could tell that i was going through something and, and you just gave me everything that I needed in that moment. And you were just like, Hey, you got it, dude. That was, that was brilliant. And it was, I love like-
0: you for that. Remember. And, you know, and the thing is when we, when we linked up in Canada, mm-hmm. like I fell madly back in love with you and the gig. Yeah. And remember we were trying so hard. I'm like, I want to do this shit when you get back to LA. I'll come out there. I want to do it. I'm still. I, I'll still do, you, do it when, whenever. Wait, whenever let me ask you a question.
3: Are you Are you in town? Are you in Los Angeles? November twentieth. It's a Sunday night. It's the Sunday before Thanksgiving. We're doing the I'm goddamn in Vegas club. every. Oh Sunday. God, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, we'll make it work. We'll make it work when we can make it work. But yeah, we'll make it I would it work love to see you.
0: But uh, every Sunday, I'm you know I'm at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, everybody, yeah. and you know, be sure to put up my Instagram. We will. Don't
3: Facebook. worry. Here, let's let's do this and then we'll and then we'll promote away because i want to i want to and i'll promote at the beginning and the end for you regardless all right so we asked these questions to everybody on the podcast um very curious to hear yours let me pull my list up just so i can make sure i i get mine what was your favorite song from this record
0: um oh well i think it might i think it would have to be called me shit you know, my favorite song from that album?
3: From that album, Call Me, yeah. Is it Call Me? Title Track?
0: I think it was I really, really loved it. And then um uh I didn't like For the Good Times. I didn't love that.
3: Oh well, um, yeah, yeah, That's the second one. The second question would be, what's your least favorite song from this record?
0: Probably for the good times.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't love that one. I, I think my favorite, I think my favorite is You Wanna Be With Me. I really liked the. Was it Jesus is waiting? I really like
0: that. When Jesus is waiting is good. That was a good one
3: too. Yeah, Jesus is waiting but, is great.
0: Yeah, that's a good one too. And for uh, for for the good times is good too. You know, all of them are really good.
3: It's 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 not. It's so hard sometimes to say what's the what's the song you dislike. It's more or less like what do you skip over? I just over
0: don't it? love that as much as the other. But I love, yeah. It's, not
3: that I disliked any of them. Mm-mm. It's it's this whole record's fire. But if I had to pick one that I dis- disliked the most, I would probably say, "Fuck!" I don't. Let know. me look at this song list. Let me just look. What's what's this song? What's this song? Let me pull it up because I think my favorite song on this record. I just want to see if I can find it. Give me two seconds. i don't pull this up.
1: Call me.
3: What's the one that's like, "No, that's not it." Hold on. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Oh, this is my favorite song on the record. Funny Here how time. No, it's funny how time slips away.
1: Oh,
0: is it?
3: Yeah, because I pulled this one up, and if I save it, that means it's my favorite. I mean, it's just brilliant. It's just brilliant. All right. This is a stupid question.
0: In- Let me see. Oh, this one is not the. Okay. 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 Let's see. Call me. Love that. Have you been made? Not- okay. Love that. Stand up. Eh? I'm so lonesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Your love is like a mm-hmm. marathon. Cool. Here I am. Love that. Funny how time a away. Love that. You ought to be with me. Great. Jesus the
3: way to Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, it's Those hot. are good. You're yeah. going to make
0: me fuck around and play that in
3: the car today. Listen to it. Listen to it. All right. This is a stupid question because I already know the answer to it, but but this is, we got to ask it. All right, is this a record that you can fuck to? And if you got to pull one song off of this to fuck to, to put on your sex playlist, what song are you pulling from this to put on a sex playlist? Obviously, well, this well, is the well, fuck.
0: Put that list back up there again.
3: Put it back up there, Justin.
0: I so think you, probably have you been making out of... Okay. Uh, let me say um um I could fuck to here I am come and take me all day. Yeah, yes, that's I
3: that's am. that's a very very sexy song. I mean that's literally uh-huh. like <laughs> come and take me <laughs> take me yeah,
0: I mean take uh, me. <laughs> and um and um uh, You ought to be with me. Oh, shit. Yes. Yeah.
3: This is too good. This is too good. You know what's funny? I think in like two records, we actually have, uh, Justin, can you look at the list in in two records? Don't we have another Al Green record? Where'd he go? Justin.
0: Justin went to the
3: bathroom. Justin took a shit. Justin taking a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Justin. No, I'm, you are, I, but... I was stuck on the screen share. I'm sorry. What? No, you're good. What? But don't don't I have another Al Green record in in like two? Because it's funny. I think here, I got some facts right here. I gotta I gotta get this off. So because uh, he always puts this here background. This is the sixth. No, oh right, here it is. This is the first of three times we'll be talking about Al Green on the 500. His Literally. "I'm Still in Love with You" album comes up in four weeks at 286. His greatest hits. Came in at 52. It's insane. That like I don't know. I, I hate when they put greatest hits on this list. On the 2020 re-rank, this album dropped 137 spots to 427, and his greatest hits plummeted to 404 spots to 456. I'm still with you. I'm still in love with you. Uh Din also made the 2020 rank at 306. It dropped it can't 20 spots.
0: Explain myself.
3: Yeah, dude. Mm.
1: God
0: damn. Oh yeah.
3: Oh, it's sexy. All right, what would be your elevator pitch to get people to listen to this record, Lunel? Close this out with that. Elevator pitch.
0: I, I would, I would do what I just played. I'm still in love with
3: you. <laughs> just play I, that.
0: That's the, that's the elevator song to be like, "Oh, who's this? I don't like this song."
3: Yeah, I, I think you got. I think the, I think the easiest, Elele- the easiest way to say something to get someone to listen to a now green record, in my opinion, would be like, you'd be like, "Do you want to hear music that the only emotion that you feel listening to this is about love?" If everything's about love. It's nothing. Nothing other is no no shit talking. At least on this record, it is. It no is bling. All, no bitches. No, <laughs> there's. It's. It's respect of your partner, respect of love. Every Al Green record is a perfect relationship It makes That's... you
0: want to hug somebody.
3: Exactly. Exactly. I wish yeah. I could be there. I wish I could be in LA right now to hug you because it's like so cool I'm to gonna see you. Hug you
0: real tight. When I see you too, it... no matter how big your dick
3: is. Uh, okay, okay, girl, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stretch it out for your ass. What, um, promote away, darling, promote away. Anything you want to promote, please go ahead.
0: Okay. Well, just once again, everybody know that I'm on, this podcast with my dear friend and I really appreciate you having me on, you know? I didn't put two and two together until I seen you. I'm like, that's my motherfucker. <laughs> and um, uh, if you're ever in Vegas on a three-day weekend, you know, on Sunday nights at 9.30, you can check me out at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club um, and the Link Promenade. I don't know when this is going to air, but this Sunday, I'll be on television on Celebrity Wheel Oh. Um, nice oh uh, like you, you, you already shot pat, it you already shot it i already shot it what's pat My like pat say pat was funny when you watch it this will be unlike any other wheel of fortune you've seen i promise you i don't doubt I'm it i'm so short i had to damn near climb up on the thing <laughs> and that fucking wheel is heavy i bet uh, yeah <laughs> and then me and vanna me and vanna are good friends now Aww. and uh so there's that and I, um, you know, you can always check me out in this great comedy documentary about the Comedy Store and about the black comics at the Comedy Store called Fat Tuesday on Amazon Prime, P-H-A-T, not mm-hmm. F-A-T, P-H-A-T, Fat Tuesday on Amazon Prime. And then just look for me on season three of Hacks uh, with Gene Smart.
3: Go see Lunell, everybody. She is a force on stage, and you're just such a lovely individual. I'm so happy you joined me today to do this. I really mean it. It's great to see you. I can't wait to see you when I'm in Vegas.
0: Absolutely, if not before, okay? yeah.
3: All right, thank you, darling.
0: All right, God bless you. Bye Uh, to your technician.
3: Bye. (laughs) Bye, Justin. All right, love you. Love you, darling. Okay, bye. Okie dokie, the one and only Lunell. Follow her on Instagram at Lunel and her website is heylunel.com and make sure you go see her at Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club in Las Vegas every Sunday. For new music, we have British Electronic Soul Duo H-O-N-N-E. Honey. I don't think it says honey, but they say spell out H-O-N-N-E. So H-O-N-N-E. You're listening to Three Strikes featuring Khalid. Off their 2021 album, Let's Just Say The World Ended A Week From Now, What Would You Do? That is a long title. Find links at the500podcast.com. And if you want your song played, just send it to us and we will play it at the end of your episode. Ookily dokily next week, we have the kinks, something else, from 1967. It's very British. Hoogly doogle, Scoogly Boogold. Listen to the owl Bye. As these three tracks hang over my head.
2: As these three strikes hang over my head. A minute since I've walked out alone. Keeping my head in my phone. Stuck in my room, I feel safe on my own. The uncomfortable at the same time. They say that the pain comes and goes. And so once it explodes, you better hold on. You still got, you still got your soul, as these three strikes hang over my head, mm. as these three strikes, head. three strikes hang over my head, as these three strikes hang over my head, as these three Hang over my head hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey. Mm-hmm. Three strikes now, out My life's gone out I won't be the same again well, Three strikes now. out I need time out So I can feel sane again as these mm-hmm. three strikes, strikes, strikes hang over my head As these three strikes hang over my head As these three strikes hang over my head As these three strikes hang over my head
1: Hey, this is Scott from Flying the Call. Each week I speak to a different musician, whether they're in an established band like Silverstein or The Wonder Years, or a band on the rise like Spanish Love Songs, Origami Angel, or Meet Me at the Altar. We discuss music and lyrics, the successes and challenges of being in a band, and more, as we get to the core of each artist. The show features musicians of diverse genres and backgrounds, so there's always a chance I'll be talking to your new favorite band. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com Next Chapter Podcasts